Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to The Bop, a music podcast. I am Dylan Martin, one of your two hosts this afternoon, and joining me is my better half, Jeffrey Ciarto. It has been quite the hiatus since our last show because of one reason or another, but that doesn't matter because we're here and we are ready to rumble. Our topic of the show today is soundtrack to our lives, 12 songs that define our lives today. Jeff chose 12, and I learned to count to 12 just for this episode alone. It's hard. It's so right after back. 11. It is hard, man. I It, it took me at least a day. Um, <laughs> Gotta get the shoes so, off. Well, you know, some of us we're, don't, we're but st- most of us do. We're starting strong. Oh, God. Um, yeah, so just sit back, relax, and let us tell you why these songs matter to us. But before we jump into that... Jeff, how have you been this past year or so? Dude, I've been, been gone. I've been good. I've been I've been up. I've been, been down. I've been golfing a lot. Yeah, let's not talk about golf right now. Jesus Christ. Fucking if I could if there's a water trap three holes over, I'm gonna hit it. I almost hit an old lady too the other day. God, it was bad. Oh You sorry. know, for someone who goes to play golf as often as you do, you don't So you don't no, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, that was my own fault. I, I, like, shanked a ball way hard to the right. It went over, like, three greens. It was, like, one of those, like, perfect Tiger Woods drives, just, like, in the wrong direction, and I missed <laughs> right. an old lady by, like, five feet. It's like everything was right except the core concept of keeping it in your fairway. Yeah, yeah. This ball yeah. would have straight up killed this lady. I mean, I'd, we'd be recording right now from uh, Terre Haute State Prison. So, when I was 15, maybe 16, I was starting to really get into starting to play golf. Okay. And there was a there was a club near my house. I don't remember what it's called now. I feel like it was like Pine Hills or something like that. It's over in Winder, Georgia somewhere. Someone can find it. Unless they closed it down, it wasn't exactly the greatest. But it was my home course. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the one that I learned at. So, I've been playing for a while now. I, I couldn't... I couldn't put a like a number on how long I'd been playing by this point, but I was getting much better with my driving. Okay. Um, I'm still not a great player today. I'll be honest. Like I can keep the ball for the most part in the fairway without the, uh, no, 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 no. On my hole, (laughs) like somewhere on the, on the hole that I'm on, I can keep it somewhere within that range. I don't slice or hook too often anymore. Um, but back in the day, it was it was a huge accomplishment for me to be able to say that. So I remember we were stepping up to the, let's see, it's not the first, it's not the second, the third, the third hole. And right off the bat, you're shooting over a very small water trap, water hazard, mm-hmm. very small. But uh, beyond that, you're also shooting low to get out of the trees too. And then it kind of climbs up a hill and that's where the fairway's at. So... To be quite honest, I, I didn't have a lot of power when I was driving back then. Um, wasn't the size that I am now. I didn't have the knowledge of how to swing that I do now. So any time that I could hit it far and straight, that was a great time. Um, and I did that on this hole. And there were people further up the fairway. Like, I can't lie. I mean, I saw someone driving in his little cart. But there was no part in my mind that thought I was going to hit this man. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I will say that now I didn't, but I hit this. It was, it was, it was the perfect shot. As soon as I tee off ball goes straight under the trees, climbs above the water, flies straight towards the fairway. And admittedly it does come close to this man's cart. 
I yelled for and all that, like I did the whole shebang. Mm-hmm. But we like that was me, and like driving, and then clearly he was mad, and then my dad was with me. He had already teed off, and then we we uh, like we were going to go apologize. Like I was like, hey, I got a little too close. I want to go say sorry. So as we pull up to apologize, this man's already driving at us. This man, um, it's a two-seated golf cart, but for him it was a one-seater. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah, he he's a little grande. So he's coming at me, fucking glasses on, half his head of hair rolling in the wind, flowing in the wind. And then he rolls up, and I, I immediately start to say, hey, man, I am so sorry. Before I can get anything out of my mouth, he is reaching for something, and I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And he has this little metal thing in his hand, and he puts it right to his throat, and he's like, <laughs> he's like he starts talking to me in one of those little, you know, fucking smoker box yeah. electronic so voices. He was Jimbo was like, from what? South Park. He was literally, and I was getting yelled at by this man for almost hitting him and ending his life. And I'm like, dude, it was the cigarettes that did that to you. Yeah. Like, it was it was just, that's a core memory for me. You should have fought it. I f- what happens on the I, course stays on the course. You beat the shit out of some old man. That's his fault. Don't get buck if you ain't ready to get nuck, if I'm right. I was so scared. Like, I was talking to a Decepticon at that moment. Nice. Oh, my God. All right, fuck this. This is not the <laughs> sports podcast. Welcome to the golf. Which can't, welcome Hunting to, we Pixels, new golf, golf podcast. podcast. Hunting pars. Hunting yeah. birdies. Ooh, hunting birdies. Yep. There we go. There we go. There we go. Man, we should both get fives on our employee reviews for coming up with this much new material for the boss, man. Yep, that was uh, p- uh, patent pending. Yeah. Say that. Trademark right there. That is trademark. So you came up with 12 ditties. First off, yeah. uh, I, I know I always say this during every show, or at least I try to. We do create playlists to go along with these episodes. This one, uh, this playlist in particular, full of 24 songs, is a nice little conglomerate. So I highly recommend you guys go follow in the Discord, which we'll shout out later. Um, and come take a look at this playlist because it is a lot of fun with a lot of variety. So... That being said, um, I'm going to go first this time. All right. Go for it. You got this. I'm feeling, I'm feeling aggressive today. You Do I need I mean? to give it a Ric Flair like woo? I could have fought the Decepticon. You, what did you say? said, Do you want me to give it a Ric Flair woo to start? Okay. Woo! I thought you said, yeah, there you go. I thought you said, do I need to be the one that's woo? Uh, and I thought that meant like woo-saw, but no, you you just want to amplify No, that. I'm just hyped. I, I've been watching a I lot of that. pro wrestling, so uh, like normal. I have been watching uh, House of the Dragon, so, you know, just incest and stuff like that. Uh, okay, basically that's, the same. Yep. Step bro. Yep. Yeah. Um, stuck in my dragon. Anyway, uh, first song for me of the 12 is Adderall by Max Frost. So... I don't know how you wanted to go about this. So when we said yeah. said twelve songs of our lives, like that's how we feel in today's world. Maybe okay. a little reminiscing here and there, but this is like songs that define our lives today, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure we're on the same page, because sometimes when you and I set up these topics, you go one way, I go another. So as long as we're you know within the same, I think we we're, were playing like the on the same sport path. right now. I mean, as long as we're good. Yeah, because uh, I feel like I'm going to get dark here in a little bit. <laughs> oh, I might too. Don't get me wrong, just uh, for different reasons. Okay. Yeah. So, for for those of you that don't know, I struggle very terribly <laughs> with ADHD. 
Um, it is the bane of my everyday life. I'm unmedicated for it for my own reasons. It's just actually we'll get into that in just a moment. Um, it, it's it's a real pain in the ass, man. And Max Frost has this great song, and he has his own meanings behind it or whatever. You know, obviously that's he wrote this for his own purposes. But when I hear it, I mean this is literally just a straight definition of how I feel half the time. Like mm-hmm. even what he's saying inside of the lyrics, like how the doctor said the Adderall would make me smarter. Like, you know, it would, you know, obviously it take that weight off my shoulder and make me feel better. This is why I'm unmedicated. And I know this is stupid because it was th- fucking, Oh, this is about to hurt. Uh, almost 20 years ago. Holy shit. Not quite, but we're in the, like, 18 years margin. That sucks, dude. I am becoming elderly. Um, Welcome to the club. Yeah, it sucks, dude. 31. Not not delicious. Um, When I was 13, so the reverse of my age now... um, it was I, I I was diagnosed with ADHD and it you know hurrah it explains all of his issues right so dumbass yeah. doctor prescribes me Adderall um, fine you know let's let's snip it in the bud let's make me a normal human as they 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 said they're going to make me normal is what they always kind of I don't know if you heard the beeping in the background but that's my rice cooker <laughs> I do isn't it so Jerushi I don't, dude didn't the last I think last episode my refrigerator started playing a song. I'm not even going to edit that one out. I'm just going to leave that. That's just background music at this point. It's a point. raw cut. Uh, um, but anyway, uh, 13, yeah, 13, and like they're like, we're going to make you normal. Um, I thought I was normal. Turns out now I know I'm not, but that's, that's a whole other mm-hmm. story. So they prescribed me Adderall, and I'm on it. I take it for a day. I think the day that I took it, I wasn't really in school. So I didn't, I don't really remember much from that. But then I, I, I went to school and I had it on my very first mm-hmm. day and all day I feel weird. Like yeah. it's not, it's not like I've snapped back to reality. It's like, I felt like it's not really an out of body experience, but I think the better way to put it is that I was on autopilot. Um, and it, Something happened, and then I was in math class, which is where I really needed help at. And I remember my teacher coming up to me, and she was snapping her fingers in front of my face, and I was unresponsive. Turns out he way overprescribed me. Like, it made me catatonic. Like, I remember, like, flashes of that day. I remember getting to school. I remember being in her room. I don't remember the classes before that. I remember her snapping, and I remember going to the nurse's office and being in my mom's car, and that's it. Like it, he was, he completely overprescribed me. And it's it, ever since then, Adderall, Vyvanse, whatever has completely scared the hell out of me. And it's not that I wouldn't be a, a like, it's not that I would not take it now. Yeah. I, I probably would, but it's just the thought. Yeah. That, like once oh, you have that kind of adverse reaction to something. Yeah. And I've always been not terrified of pills, but I've always been apprehensive of it. Yeah. Um, but back to the song, I mean, Adderall, Adderall, it kind of, it's his take on it. It's like, you know, we hear a lot about people with ADHD now, especially into adulthood, mm-hmm. but it's always that thing, you know, you take this pill, it's going to make you smarter, it's going to make you work harder, it's going to make you normal. 
you know, it's going to stop you bouncing off the walls, which is, you know, a huge part of the song. And it's like, I don't, I don't know, man. It just feel I, I, I connect with this song because it's nice to hear someone else's take. It's nice to hear someone else that can relate yeah. and like have these kind of experiences. And it's like, I know tons of people out there who have ADHD. I work with people who are older than me who have it. And it's like, I can relate with them. Like we can understand each other's frustrations. We can understand why we can't process things sometimes the way we should. I understand that this is why I hyper fixate. And then I hyper drop certain activities and things in my life. Like I understand it all. But it's nice having an anthem for it at the same time. Um, yeah. This is a huge part of my everyday life, and this is this is kind of how it kicks off. Like all of this is kind of an exploration into my psyche, almost, but not really. Um, but kind of, but not really. So hopefully, you you kind of follow suit. I'm curious to 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 pick off with you. Yeah, or, you know, to start a pick off. What the fuck? I don't. It's whatever. Anyway, what is your first song mr ciarto so uh my first song a little less serious although i will say so this probably comes as no shocker to anybody uh i too was a kid with adhd shocker i know wow uh, that that what? one's yeah go figure uh <laughs> i was i was a ritalin kid uh before adderall was a thing so so, like, everything you just said there, I can completely relate to. They tried me on Adderall for, like, one day, and I was like, fuck this. And then I yeah. just stopped everything. And I just learned to focus, like, myself kind of at that point. But, yeah, no, I could totally relate to that. So, I didn't want to barge in because that was, like, a super touching story, and I can 100% relate to it and that song. So, um, I was that's good. Uh, it's scary, though, how much, like, it can affect people that way. Yeah. And it's always Adderall. Yeah. I never took Ritalin. I never took Vyvanse. I just took the one and it's like, Mm-mm. no, thank you. What was Ritalin like? Uh, kind of basically the same thing. Yeah. More or less. Like, yeah. I don't, that, was, I, that was the Adderall before the Adderall. Yeah. I remember being in like a garage punk band called the Ritalin Kids. That, that was I, like four of us I that, love that. that were on Ritalin. So you were in a band called the Ritalin kids. Yeah. Well, I think, I think somebody else actually like wound up using that. Cause it was a pretty good name. I actually sure. Google that. Yes. There, there has to be in this garage punk band. Uh, yeah. And by like, by like punk band, I mean like a bunch of shitheads that didn't know what they were doing. I mean, that's punk yeah. music in general. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Um, no. So, so my first pick uh, we're gonna go with something a, a little less serious. Uh, it's a song called Moss, and it's uh, by the one and only neon icon himself, Mr. Riff Raff, uh, <laughs> also featuring Yellow Wolf. And I really like this remix. Uh, this probably comes as absolutely no shocker to anybody that has talked to me for more than three minutes. I'm a giant fan of Riff Raff. I think he's the smartest musician out there, right? And he catches a lot of shit for being dumb, but he is so good at being dumb that it's genius. Like you can't tell where the line blurs between him and Riff Raff, right? Like, and I don't think there is a line anymore. I think he's just lived that life so long that he is just that. And he's happy being that But Moss is like just a straight up banger of a party anthem. I mean, it, it's like the dumbest lyrics. It's strippers in New Hampshire, chocolate berry dancers. You are now listening to the <laughs> Big Peach Panther. <laughs> and that's 
pretty much all Riff Raff says the whole song, right? But it's absolutely genius pairing him with somebody like Yellow Wolf, who I th- still think to this day is one of the most underrated musical artists out there. Um, he's a guy that I think got branded real early because of like Rob Deerdick era MTV as, you know, white rapper guy, but like he has grown so musically over the years that it's just, it, it's been amazing to watch his talent and trajectory. And I think Riff Raff kind of is the same thing. I think he got paired as this, or branded as this like goofball rapper, but like he has a straight up musical genius because like, if you listen to it, it's, the perfect mix of like EDM and trap music, right? Like it is so Houston. It is like the definition of Houston while also being like appealing to the masses. And, uh, that, that was why I went with that one. That one's kind of a weird like remix that he did. Um, it's not the original mix, but the remix just hits so hard. And it's such like a, I don't even know what to call it. Like a jungle EDM song. I mean, it's just all over the board, and it's so just awesome. I, I can't say enough good things about that. So so not as serious of an attachment, but also a very serious attachment. Have you ever have you ever listened to Riff Raff before? So not a lot, but okay. on this song in particular. So when I was listening to it, like the first thing that stood out to me was that kind of repetitive beat in the background that almost mm-hmm. sounds like some kind of like old school Nintendo game almost like yeah. or something. I don't, I can't describe it. And the whole time, like, Riff Raff's verse was fine. Like, I mean, I, I, I don't have any, like, strong calling to him. But the second Yellow Wolf came on, I was like, oh, shit, I missed this. Yeah. Like, I mean, oh, he just fucking slays that song, dude. Yeah. That guy is so musically talented. It is unreal. And on, like, a wide variety. He can do country songs. He can do rock songs. He can do, you know, EDM songs. He's just everywhere, and I, yeah, I think it's kind of the perfect pairing. I strongly suggest anybody just watch the music video for this, because uh, like you could tell all of about twenty seconds of thought from Riff Raff went into this, because it's the two of them rapping in a field wearing ghillie suits, and it it is so dumb and it is so perfect all at the same time. Um, but yeah, no, I I really like this song. Like, this will yeah. probably be on my Spotify top 10 at the end of the year. I, I'd be surprised if I've listened to oh, it any shit. less than 100 times since it came out. I think I have a couple of those songs that are that I'll talk about here in a few minutes. But, no, I, that was the first time I had ever heard it. And, again, like, people, if you haven't – oh, it just – if I disappear off this podcast, I either got struck by lightning or swept away in a tornado. It is oh, no. thunder booming outside. It's fine. It's not like your little uh, Depeche Mode thingy that you Derecio. had that one day. Yep, that. Is the um, Derecio <laughs> coming for you? Does he want vengeance? Yeah. Um, no, but I, I absolutely love that. Like, I don't think I would have ever given this song a, a shot just because it was Riff Raff. Yeah. Um, but oh, this fucking playlist is so rad, dude. Uh, yeah. And it starts off great with Moss, too. So I, I really love it. Nice. Well, I'm glad you um, liked it. Um what's my second one? Fake It Till You Make It by Dreamers. So my my list kind of follows a theme. It's like three or four songs of one genre, three or four songs of another. Um and these like Max Frost and Dreamers and the next two are kind of in the same kind of in the same boat. So Fake It Till You Make It uh by Dreamers is 
another one of those songs where it's like I I think I perceive I mean I think we all perceive music our own way right yeah like I I can't tell you what they were thinking when they made this song I can tell you how I perceive it though um and I love this because it's like this is a super upbeat song mm-hmm. and the lyrics behind it are so much fun um it kind of makes me feel like man it's and i'm trying not to be like negative in any way when i say this but it's like i kind of do fake it until i make it like i fake a lot of my day-to-day emotions and i hate to say that because i I don't want to sound like i'm a fake person i'm not but it's like i have a very public facing job i can't go in there feeling like just you know, I mean, we'll go back to the ADHD thing. ADHD, every time I wake up, it's I open the door to either depression or anxiety. It's I like pick one. Sometimes I get to open both doors at the same time. It kind of flows all throughout my life, essentially. And when I was listening to this song, it's like, I do, like, this is me. Like, I fake it every single day. But I know that inevitably I'm going to make it. Like, I'm going to be in the place that I know I should be. It's like I have this goal in mind. Um, of where I'm trying to get to. And until I get to that point, I just have to keep, you know, head down, eyes up, keep taking step steps forward every single day. And this song kind of exemplifies that to me. Um, and it's like, it also kind of goes on the coattails of people telling me that th- at certain points in my life, like every, I, I, not everyone, that's that's very much false, but I have key figures in my life that told me that I shouldn't do this or I would not be good enough to do this or I wouldn't meet the expectations for this or I should give up on this dream because it's not feasible and to focus on another path. It's like all my life there's been some kind of influence, that mm-hmm. a prod, and it's so frustrating because, I mean, on the one hand, I am where I'm at today and I of course I want more like who's not a dreamer who doesn't want more, but it's like, I'm also okay with where I'm at. Um, and this song is kind of like a fuck you to all those people too. There's a, there's a, there's a line in the song that goes, I'm flying high on the wings of a wasted life, you know? And in this moment, I think they're trying to say something along the lines of the the, the people told them that in their lives too, like you're going to waste your lives trying to be, you know, these, this new up and coming indie rock band or whatever. Like I, yeah. I felt that, but in my own way, you know what I mean? So it's like, I, I love listening to this song because it's always uplifting and it's like, I just got to keep going, dude. Well, and, and especially like step at a time. Like if you listen to like the second part of that, where he's like, we could be Kings, just kids from Pacific Heights. Like it almost comes across like somebody told him that very early in life. And like yeah. he's just used that that one instance as like the whole motivation for this song. Like it feels to like it's something that got so held far. on to for so long. Yeah, and that was like they they heard that and I was like, okay, this is my motivation. Yep. And then they fucking went for it. Yeah. So yeah, hundred percent agree. But no, I love that song, man. Nice. Uh, yeah, that one was pretty interesting. I like I like that one. What's number two for you? Uh, number two for me, another artist that I I know I ring the bell on a lot. Um. And this is kind of a newer song from him. It's called Ghost Boy from Lil Peep. Um, it's one of those songs that of his that I think a lot of people kind of slept on. I know this was up on his SoundCloud forever, and it never made it to like an actual album. Um, and it's kind of a strange song. It's it's 
really unfortunately depressing given how uh, everything turned out but um it's one that i i can find myself just kind of listening to and just kind of zoning out to because it is so mellow and it does this thing where like you'll listen to it and it just starts to get into like we'll say the groove of the beat right and it it's really trap heavy and then like you hear like this like tiny little keyboard that's like do 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 and like kind of like bridges it to the next like section of the bass more or less um and it's like one of those things that i kind of really like where he experimented with sounds that helped guide his voice almost i want to say um because like it happens when he's in the middle of like a chorus is when that bridge happens it's like he made a chorus that was too long to fit into the bars that he wanted and so to bridge it he just keeps going but he uses this tiny little throwaway sound almost that nobody would pay attention to in a million years as a way to kind of keep the loop going and I, I really like that because it's it's definitely not something most artists would do. They'd either extend the beat out or shorten the verse. And he took it a totally different direction and just, you know, kept the verse where he wanted it to and just kind of inserted this sound. And, and I really like the whole song. I'm not just trying to emphasize on a little three notes. Um, but I think that's kind of more illustrative of his skill as far as he wanted to be lyrically. Um and, and I really like and appreciate this song. Like I said, it's kind of a sad song, so, you know, fair warning. Um, but, yeah, no, that, that that's why it's my number two pick here. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I think we talked about this the last time you brought him up. Yeah. Um, I've never been a fan of Lil Peep. Or it, it's not that I've not been a fan, it's just that I haven't given him enough of a chance. So when I sat down and I started listening to this playlist that we're talking about that we made, um, I saw little people's on there and I'm not going to lie. Like I had that. No, it's fucking little people. Like, of course he did that. Right. But I was also very out of pocket on that one. I was way out of my lane because when I listened to the song, I fell in love with it. Yeah. Um, It's a weird song because it's just like guitar strumming over like a trap beat with like weird little keyboard sounds the best way I can describe it. And it's like, this is a song that can really take you into your element. Like this is a song mm-hmm. that can also take you out of your element. And like how I imagined it, I was in a, I was in a dark room when I was listening to this and even listening to it now, like while I'm talking, it kind of gives me the same vibe. Like I close my eyes and I imagine myself like not falling quickly, but almost like gliding backwards like slowly down into like a very open well or something. And his voice is the one that's echoing around you. Like his voice just kind of wraps around you, especially when you're listening in headphones, like it fucking takes you places. And that little melody that you're talking about, like the little keyboard Mm -hmm. sound in the background. Oh, it's just, it's fucking chef's kiss, dude. It's melodic. And it just, it just adds so much to this song. Yeah. Fucking. It's a cool song. Every bit of this. It's so good and it it's one of those songs that just makes you feel it makes you feel the music like if he it feels like his presence is literally all around you yeah like as he's oh man it's so good um number three for me i gotta pull up my fucking list dude cough syrup um so cough syrup for me is still kind of going with the same uh 
theme of eh, indie rock, indie pop. Um, Cough Syrup is by Young the Giant. Um, this song does a whole lot for me. Uh, it it kind of helped me step into a place where I'm at today with how I believe people perceive me. And it's like also the woes that plague me on a day-to-day, uh, day-to-day life and also kind of dealing with monotony. And mm-hmm. it's in a way, you know what I mean? This song is, uh, I mean, the, the most famous line is life's too short to even care at all. Yeah. You know, so, well, like that's the, that's the whole thing. And it and, leads off with that too, which was yep. interesting. Immediately captivated me as soon as I heard it. But I think this is the first song I heard from Young the Giant. I'm like, oh, let me, let me listen a little bit now. And it's like, <sighs> the song just kind of makes me feel like everything is okay. And I, I need that more often than not. It's it's one of those songs where it's like it it, it kind of paints a beautiful picture, and it's kind of reassures you that. Oh man, I don't know. There's just so much to it. Um, I feel like we go through a lot in our day to day lives, and we focus too much on all the negativity that plagues us in a, in a like daily environment mm-hmm. and it affects us. Like people are shitty. <laughs> uh, and again, like I, I spoke about just a few minutes ago, like I'm in a very public facing job and it's like, we get the worst of the worst people on a day to day basis. Like people are just genuinely shitty dude. Like, I don't know. I have never gone into a, an establishment, any kind of business, anything, any kind of, you know, organization that I'm doing business with. And I've never been a shitty person. Mm-hmm. Like it's not hard to do that, but other people, they like, they act like they're the main characters. You know what I mean? And it's like, they're not. Yeah. We're, we're all the characters to our own story, but like, we're all also impacting one another too. And it's very hard not to take those situations and be like, shit, like that, that was really a shitty thing to, to happen, to have happen, you know? So I listen to songs like this, and especially after like those really hard days, and it's like life's that life really is too short to even care. Like that person has their own stuff to deal with. That person, I'm I don't know why they are the way that they are, but it, at the end of the day, like I don't I'm the one choosing to let it bother me, and it's like it again. Life's too short to even care at all. Like I I let that shit just wash over me, and this song really helped me step into that mentality. Um. It's very soothing. I for, I read the backstory to this song. This is it's actually kind of a sad, sad song in the sense that this was one of the very first songs that they ever made, I believe, and it was before they were Young the Giant, mm-hmm. the band. And like, I think one of the artists I read this on Wikipedia or something. Like he said that it's hard to play this for them now because it's such an old song and they have newer stuff. But like the fans are just now getting to hear about it too. So, like, now they're having to, like, go back and play this super old song. But I think it's important that it gets played because, shit, it, it hit me on a different level. Um, and I know it's I, – I, they had their own totally different meaning with this song, and I get that. This is my perception. This is how it made me feel. Um, and, and, like, we, we talk about how music – can we choose these 12 songs to affect – you know, to to reflect our daily lives now. And I think this goes into it for me. This is, like – this is this is the part of my life where it's like where I can step back and be a little woosah like we were talking about a few minutes ago. It's like I can just be, you know, fuck everyone else. <laughs> I'm going to do my own thing. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. I've been very, very, uh, what's the word? Um, uh, vulgar this this episode. I, I'm sorry. Like, you, you are the most well-spoken, kind, no F-bombs dropped, no slur. And I, I guess it comes with having a kid, too. Did I say no slurs? Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I said that. I apologize for my profanity. Well, it's okay. He'll he'll point it out. Don't worry. No. What? Don't let him listen to this one. <laughs> well, he just gets more mad when you make poop jokes. So if we could just what? keep it to like you know, taking Uncle Choo Choo to the train station, or you know, Dropping make it a grundle. You know. Why does he get mad at the poop jokes? I don't know. It's something weird. That's weird. I love him, but that's that like is my, something weird. That is, that is definitely a quirk. Yeah. <laughs> I love that fucking... I was, mm, mm, move on. Yeah. <laughs> this is one after another for me. Moving on. Let's, let's, let's hear your number three. So my number three is a song that ever since the second I heard it, I've, it's just been on constant repeat for me, and it's called West Coast Tragedy. Uh, it's a song by Mitch Jones, who's a popular WoW streamer who the last couple of years has been kind of moving more towards making music because he kind of got burnt out on streaming WoW. Um, he was like a big IRL streamer also, um, but it's him and a guy named Kayla, like K-A-L-A, and it, it's just a really fun, it, it's kind of like Jimmy World's The Middle, where it's just, to me, it's just kind of that like fun like kind of poppy song that i can kind of get behind and it it's really interesting hearing his lyrics kind of knowing where that kind of came from um and it just it's one of those songs that i could just kind of super relate to and just really like so i i threw it on here mostly just because it's one of those that i think as people hear it they're gonna be like oh this is actually kind of cool and the guy's super talented um you know not a lot of streamers jump out into other industries and see any kind of success um but i feel like this is this is one of those ones where it's like yeah he could really actually wind up doing something bigger in music than he did in streaming and for a long time he was one of the top streamers on twitch um now he's not without his controversy i mean the irl stuff was just pure drama and he's just kind of an interesting person but the uh the music itself is actually really good I have to look him up. I've listened to the song, of course, because it's on the playlist, but I, I don't know who he is. Yeah, he uh, he is famously known as the Arcane Dream. Uh, he was a very popular PvP streamer in WoW. Uh, for a long time, he played Arcane Mages. Still does. Um, He still streams quite a so bit. He was probably big around the soda popping era where that's all he would do like even it's... even a little before then he was soda's neighbor for a while um he's one of those kind of like texas streamers like him and esfin and asmongold and all them um i got you mitch is kind of on the outskirts because he did have like a streamer house for a while where it was like a bunch of streamers just kind of pulled together and bought a mansion um he did irl streams constantly um, he tried to branch out and I think what ultimately happened was he kind of got burnt out on streaming and that's where the music kind of came from. Um, it was something he wanted to kind of pursue and he did. And, and the song is really cool. He's got, I think two albums out now. Uh, it might be three. I can't remember if one of them is actually out or not. Um, I know it's on discord, but yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, a. Uh, 
it's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, it sounded good. It really definitely gave me some uh, pop punk vibes. Yeah, and that's kind of what he's going for, you know. I, I mean, it's more pop punk than half the shit that I've heard from today's artist. I, I mean, I genuinely enjoyed the song, so that yeah. was a nice surprise. I had no idea he was a streamer. I just listened to the song on the playlist. Yeah, no, he's he's been a very top of the charts streamer in WoW for years. I had no idea, dude. Yeah, uh, that happens though. I think with WoW streamers, I think I think you kind of find the ones you like and you stay in that lane. And Mitch is easy to. That's true. Mitch is easy to bounce Cause I, off of. Because I think when I watched WoW streamers, I watched Soda, mm-hmm. I watched uh, fuck Towley, I watched Swifty, I watched like Legendary Leah. I watched I don't know. It was like it was random here and there people, but never watched him. There was other people. Man, oh. Oh, the guy that died. Fuck. Oh, yeah. So, Reckful, he actually did a tribute song to Reckful because he and Byron were best friends. They lived together for quite a while. Um, Damn. And there was even drama with, like, Byron's wife. Mitch dated for a while. I mean, when I say Mitch was a drama streamer for a while, he he really was. Um, But, yeah. Make that money. Yeah. All right. Um, fucking, sorry. No, you're good. Uh, there is literally nothing I can do to, to stop the vulgarity coming. I'm going to notice it every single time now. Um, huge kind of change of pace with this one. Uh, my fourth one is a song called Astronaut by Sir Sly, and I'm going to be straight up. This, this song's all about LSD. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um... I don't. I, fuck. You're my lawyer. Uh, you fix it. I yeah. don't know. But like, I've done allegedly. some in my life. Allegedly, yeah, allegedly I'll just I say it before everything. Some, yes, allegedly, I have done psychedelics in my life. Uh, LSD, some here and there, but most prolifically mushrooms. Um, a lot of the same. It it can. It's a lot of the same. Um, and this song might be talking about one, but it makes me think about the other. I will. I will tell you, man. Like. The reason I put this on here is because, and this will come up at some point later throughout this uh, playlist that we've made up, but it's like, I've always, I've always kind of struggled with uh, death. Like that's my obsessive thought. Like it's my intrusive thought. It's always there. Like I'm not a religious person. So it's always right around the corner in my mind. (laughs) Like I'm always thinking about it and it sucks. It sucks because I'll have an existential crisis and it's like, oh God, my brain's going to shut off one day and then there's nothing. Like that's that's literally where it goes and it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, so this song, it makes me flash back to a night where I had taken some mushrooms and I was by myself and I was outside and I was just vibing. And it was a nice fall like night. It was cool. You know, wind was blowing. You you get that nice fall smell in the air, and I remember sitting out in the grass, and like I was I was completely safe, like I was in my own environment, and I was you know sitting like cross-legged, and my eyes were closed, and I was just kind of letting the world be around me, and it's like at this one moment, like I felt so at peace and like zen with the universe (coughs) that it still. <clears throat> that I can reach back to that memory, even though it's been, uh, dude, it's been like, five, oh Lord, five years. It's been a while, but I can still reach back to that. I can remember exactly how I felt in that moment, and I can bring peace at any time. 
that I need to. It's it's like a superpower, but I I I latch on to that when I I start to go down that dark rabbit hole because in that moment, in that night, I was okay with everything. Like I was okay with where I was. I was okay with who I was. I was at peace with the thought of dying. I was at peace with the thought of leaving my loved ones, my friends, like I'm not in not in not a single way was it like a suicidal way. I just mean like I had finally come to terms with it's going to happen. You know, it's yeah. like one of those things where it's coming, it's inevitable. But it was all because of that night and like when they say mushrooms help with like depression and all that stuff, they're not kidding because I could take mushrooms and be good for months at a time. Um but even still, it's like that night just opened up something in my mind. Like it opened up something and it set me up for success today in my life because it's still a, a thought that haunts me from time to time. Like I can't help it. It's an, it's an intrusive thought. It's like your brain certainly knows how to – your brain is a stupid thing because it can make you happy all the time if it wanted to. Oh, yeah. It doesn't. You have to go fucking work out or something, you know, positive for it to unlock some happiness. Um, but – that night, you know, five years ago truly did set me up for success because I can reach back and I can draw on that and I can, I can kind of find that peace again. And man, I love it. And this song, it just, it's a feel good song, dude. Like, like it's such a, a trippy song, but Sursly is awesome. They have a lot of really good music. Um, and that's the last of the four that kind of encapsulate the like indie pop rock genre and we'll move on to some other stuff here in a few minutes but that was my number four just for some good old <laughs> drug content hey it wouldn't be a show if without allegedly. it allegedly yes um number four for you yeah so uh, a nice little ditty number four for me is a song called jesus wept by an artist named scrim uh, so Scrim is half of a group called the Suicide Boys, which is one of my favorite hip-hop acts currently out. Um, I think they're super innovative. Um, I think they're doing a lot of things to redefine the genre of hip-hop. And this was him doing like a solo thing. Um, and it only came about because his cousin was in rehab, so they weren't recording Suicide Boy stuff. Um, and so like... My understanding is is basically, like, he had all this stuff written. He had all these beats ready. So he just said, fuck it, I'm going to do my own thing. Wrote extra verses. Kind of put it out. And this song, to me, I really like because it reminds me, in a way, of, like, old 3-6 Mafia just modernized. Uh, which is real interesting because 3-6 Mafia and the Suicide Boys have had quite a legal entanglement over uh, sampling, we'll say. Um, but I really like this one, and it reminds me a lot of like old Project Pat specifically because it changes tempo, it changes beats, so it goes from super slow to really fast, and it's super slow bass to like really fast like chimes almost. It's kind of hard to describe, um, and his voice just really fits well with this stylish genre. Um, I get it that a band called the Suicide Boys is probably an acquired taste for most. Um, but I do think they are really doing a lot to push the genre and boundaries of modern day hip hop. And this definitely shows that while they're great together, they're also really strong independently of one another. Um, and it's just a cool little song. Um, 
not a whole lot of real meaning behind it. His whole album, uh, the solo album, is really good. Um, it, it's definitely more of kind of what you'd expect out of Suicide Boys, but also not in the fact that it's really hard to pinpoint a sound for them because they do so much sampling, they do so much um, musical, how do I put it, layering. I, I don't even know what to describe their sound with as a lot of times. Uh, this is a little bit more easy to pinpoint and just say, like, this is really good New Orleans rap. Um, you know, and that's why it made my list here. So I didn't know he was, of course, I know who the Suicide Boys are. Yeah. And I listened to the song and I, I really like it because I like the cadence that he has. I didn't know it was one of the two. Yeah. Yeah, he is. That's awesome. He is one of the two of them. And for those that aren't familiar with them, go check them as a whole out. Just watch any one of their music videos and you will clearly, quickly understand the appeal to these guys. I mean, the crowd just hangs on everything that they have to say. They're actually two of the nicest guys you can ever meet. Uh, they're super relatable to their fans. They're super impactful with their audience. I mean, they know how to play with an audience really well. Um, and it, I'd like at some point if he did a solo tour to check that out because I think it might be actually pretty interesting to see one without the other and see is that show still the same. You're turning me more on to these people. Like, of course, I knew Little Peep and I knew uh, Suicide Boys. I just never gave them much of a chance. But the more we do these episodes, the more it's like, yep. Yeah. Starting to starting to have oh even uh, Puya has made it into my gym playlist nice. multiple times now. Nice. Yeah. Wait till Literally. we get you on Fat Nick. Get me on what? Fat Nick. Fat. Oh God. First off, I thought you said Batman, so you could see why I was confused. And I was like, Yeah. Like no, Batman. no, you're good. Yeah. Well, who doesn't? Well, the Joker. Right. That <laughs> deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. All right. Highlight of the show. Um, song five, question mark? Uh, five. I think so. One, two, yeah, three, I did four, four, so yeah, five. Yep, so song five. For me, we're, we're switching it up into the, the hips of hops. Mm-hmm. And it's At Will by g Easy, uh, featuring ESTG. So this song, much like the one we were just talking about, it's a straight bop. Uh, also the title of this podcast that you're listening to. Um. This is a song that exemplifies my daily mindset. And if it's that, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it at 100% effort. If I shoot, I shoot to kill. This song is so, so good, dude. Yeah, like, this song was G-Eazy. awesome. It's, it goes hard, right? And like he, he has this cadence and this power behind his, uh, the verses that he drops. And then G comes on the track at some point. And it, he just kind of in, in, oh, in, emboldens like, he just makes the song so much better and it just, it gets you in this headspace of where it's like commit, like, like just do what you're going to do and do it right. It's like, just feels so good. Oh man. It's so catchy. Like I swear to God, like Sabrina will come get in the car with me. Like after we go and work out and then I'll, you know, obviously I'll turn my headphones on. I'll start the car. And usually this is the song that I end my, my, my whole entire workout on because it's like I can I can get an extra 10 reps in with this song because it's like let's just push it to the max and she she'll hear the song and she's like is this an everyday thing for you it's like yes <laughs> yes it is because it's so damn good <laughs> those are the best when you have to be like yes I do listen to this every day 
every day. Yes. To end. It's the same routine. Like it can play at some point during the set. Great. And then I will absolutely end my, my stuff with this too. It's just, it's so good, man. Um, so yeah, number five for me at will by GZ. It's, it's, it's a, it's a song to, to get you going. Nice. Yeah. I, I, I found myself really liking this. I had not heard of this one prior to this. Um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely like this song. What's your number five? My number five is a song called, if you think this song about is about you, you're probably right. Um, I think that's the full name. Oh, if you think this song is about you, it probably is. Sorry, I can never yeah, remember I'll... the full lyric of this song. I was about to say, like, it, it got longer. Like, this is the longest song title I think I've ever seen. Okay, so this band is called Drugs, uh, which stands for Destroy, Rebuild, and Tell God Shows. Have you ever heard of them prior to this? I've not. Okay, so... Th- at all. This is a weird emo super group. Um, they're still together. They just... Put out a, a song and an album not too long ago, uh, fronted by Craig Owens of the Shiotos. Uh, no, the band Shiotos. I almost said Shiotos Brothers. That's the ones that made Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Um, have you ever heard of Shiotos before? No, but I knew the name Craig Owens for some reason. So he is also a solo artist. He's been in a few different bands. He's kind of one of those artists. Like the the rumor always is, he's really difficult to be in a band with because he has to be ah. the center of attention, and I think he works well in drugs because he can't be the center of attention because it's a supergroup. Uh, the guitar player is Matt Good, who you might know from bands like From First to Last, uh, another popular emo band. Jonah Weinhofen, who was the guitar player from Bring Me the Horizon. Um, oh shit! Nick Martin is also in this band, who was the bass player from Sleeping with Sirens. Um, Aaron Stern, who was in Matchbook Romance, I want to say if I remember it, yes. And uh, this is your modern day Chicken Foot. It really is. It's it's like this weird supergroup of like two thousands emo bands that kind of came together and made this album. And Craig Owens has one of the biggest voices i think i've ever heard i mean when he hits some of these notes you're just like holy shit like there really isn't yeah, anything else fucking great dude yeah and like his lyrics are great like i i strongly recommend like if you like this song listen to the whole album right i mean the whole album is just intense um and there is so much back catalog to this guy. Um, like I said, he was in a band called Shiotos that was a lot of similar kind of uh, screamo music. Um, he was in a band called Isles and Glaciers, which is another emo supergroup with uh, members from other bands that we'll talk about later. Um, I'm trying to remember. He's been in several projects like this, um, but Drugs is the one that has kind of taken off um and i will wholeheartedly endorse any chance you get to see craig owens live do so the man is magical live um mindy and i had the extreme luxury of seeing one of their very first live shows and uh i remember at the time we were like who the fuck is this shiotos band like I, i remember not really knowing who they were their album wasn't out yet uh they were opening for another band that we'll talk about later and uh, we were going to see them, but uh, I just, I, I remember, like, literally feeling like my jaw hit the floor when this guy just, like, 
belted out these screams and tones and you're just like what am I seeing and he is so captivating on stage um that yeah and and this whole song is just I mean it, it is really interesting it starts off a little slow um and then it like builds up like when he's like you know today was the day you tried to shut me down and it just kind of sits there and he repeats that over and over and it's picking up tempo and then he hits like into the chorus where he's like, you know, be honest. Did you ever mention my name? And like, it just keeps moving faster and faster and faster. And then all of a sudden it like breaks. And I mean, it, it is, this song is like him at like his peak creativeness, I guess you could say. I, I don't even want to say creativeness because the guy is incredibly creative. Um, but it's, it's such an interesting s song. And like, you could tell it comes from place of immense hurt that he went through oh which is sad and you can tell it's him dealing with it but like the fact that he has the vocal range that he does is why this song is what it is um so yeah i, I cannot say enough good things about this band this whole album i mean it, the yeah yeah just go go listen to drugs. Don't take drugs. Go listen to drugs. Well, I mean, well, yeah, you can take them allegedly, allegedly. But you don't you have to, to allegedly to. listen to drugs. You just go listen to drugs. Go take them. Yeah. Um. No. The last thirty seconds of that song are incredible, dude. The whole entire song is good, but those last thirty seconds, like I'm just sitting here, like banging my head with it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, it is impossible to sit still at all during oh, this yeah. album um that the album that it came from is is a self-titled album and it is like i mean it is the most intense like, 35 minutes of your life like it is just it's relentless in it's like pace and sound and tone and skill level because it's so many good parts of so many good bands and it's literally like the definition of a supergroup. You don't see a lot of those that really work, let alone come back and make another album. Um, so, yeah, I, I cannot say enough good things about this album. Well, to totally switch uh, spectrums here, jumping into my number six, it's <laughs> the complete opposite of that. Um, it's my favorite song by Mac Miller. It's good news from his album Circles. Um, it's also my favorite album for Mac Miller. This was his posthumous album after he passed away. And this song, dude, I don't think I've ever had, I'm not going to say that I've never had music make me cry, but this song is the one that really sat me down, sat me right on my butt. Mm -hmm. Um, I absolutely adore this song. I, I adore his self-reflecting on this song. It's, it's a song that I relate to very heavily um there are so many different lines out of all of these verses that he has and it's just like like damn do i connect with that you know what i mean like he it's just yeah the, the reflection that's going on here is just incredible like you know he he says something along the lines of all i do is say sorry and he doesn't even know what he's saying it for mm -hmm. at this point anymore it's like damn I mean, it, just, it hurts, and it's like you you hear this, and it's like 
he's doing all this great progress and self-reflecting and it's like he was going somewhere much better in life it seemed like and then of course he you know unfortunately had the overdose or whatever but it's like this song just says so much about how he had grown as a person I think and I really relate to it in every regard I unfortunately wasn't like this this huge Mac Miller fan throughout his life like of course I I knew of all of his primary singles okay that you would know if you were a Mac Miller fan but like when he died um it kind of it still shook a little bit because it's like damn I you know that's not a name you expected to see yeah um and then I saw this album came out and then I listened to it and it's like holy shit this is one of my favorite hip-hop albums of all time now yeah it just gripped me I loved every bit of it I went back and listened to swimming after that I kind of started from circles and then just went back with his music um okay i went from circles to uh swimming swimming was also incredible man but i mean this song alone just kind of sealed the deal for me on him and like i said there's a lot of relatability here and that self-reflection he does throughout the entire song it's just like it makes you start to self-reflect a little bit well and it it is way good and i think that's why he was such a great artist was he was very self-reflective and very self-aware of himself And I mean, he he just stood out. Like I, I definitely loved his albums. I I started listening to him in 2011 when he did the, uh, was it? He was in the freshman XL class. Yeah. And like he did not fit in. Like there was like Yellow Wolf and YG were in that class. Like it was a really weird class. Um, but like he definitely stood out in that group as something very different. No, I just makes me sad to think about because I would really love to see where he could have gone, like what yeah. his next step was. It's really hum- humbled me there for a minute because it's it's like you never know when that time is, and it's like I'm very fortunate we had the album that we did with him, like for his technical last one. Because I mean, he I it feels like he poured his soul into circles. Yeah, uh, like it definitely felt like a, a different tone and a different type of album than what he had been making. Yeah. So that was number six for me. Step into your number six. Hopefully it's something a little happier. Yeah, so it, it is uh, for weird reasons, but it is. Uh, so it's a song called How Far Apart from a band called Armor for Sleep. Um, Armor for Sleep is another one of those emo bands that I absolutely love. This is a new song from them uh, that just came out uh, over the summer. They were a band that was around from like 2001 to 2009. Um, They achieved a a fair amount of success. They were on a Transformers uh, album. As we all know, Transformers, uh, despite notable cinematography expert Joshua Princess Bride McMullen would say, uh, is one of the best American film franchises right after Fast and Furious. Um, oh, man. Yep, yep. Let the tape loose, Josh. Yep. Um, so they had a song on a Transformers album. I think it was uh, the second one, I want to say, if I remember right. I don't remember. Um, but Armor for Sleep was a kind of a different kind of uh, emo band. Um, they're another band that Mindy and I 
thankfully have seen live a few times. We've gotten to hang out with them. They're very nice. Um, their album, What to Do When You Are Dead, is one of my favorite albums of all time. Um, and, and so, like, they had a career. Um, and they kind of retired. They did, like, a reunion show in, like, 2015 for, like, one night. They were like, hey, what if we got together and played a farewell show since we never really had one? Um, and, you know, you kind of accepted, like, okay, this is, that was it. You know, uh, they did... They made their music, they stepped away, and then out of nowhere, they just kind of came back and were like, hey, what if we, uh, like, I feel like it was like an Instagram story. They were like, what if we made another album? Would you guys be into it? And uh, people were like, hell yeah. Like, uh, so they've got a new album called The Rain Museum, which is coming out, uh, I think sometime here soon. It's like real close, if not already out. Um. But How Far Apart is really cool because it's not the same music that they were making when they were in their 20s. Um, you know, it's grown up. It's still of their sound. Like, it still sounds like them. Um, but it's a lot more grown up. And, and it's really cool because if you're a fan of that band and you didn't know that they were making new music, you know, it's a really wonderful little treat because it, it really is just them in a different place in life still kind of making the music that they like in a way that the fans like and, and it's real hard to describe why I really love this but that's the closest I can do to it um and, and I mean you know they had three albums come out um dream to make believe what to do when you were dead and smile for them and they did that in the span of four years and, and that's a lot of albums to pump out in four years. Uh, they toured a lot. Um, you know, they were a, a staple on the band's Warp Tour forever. Uh, that's where I know Mindy and I would see them at. They toured with a million bands. Uh, you just, you couldn't escape them if you were in that scene, but they were never like the A-lister. They were always like the solid B-lister, um, that probably should have been the A-list band. And I'm kind of hoping that the Rain Museum catches in a way that gets people to look at them again and be like, hey, I really like this. Because um, you hate to see them kind of come back and have it fail. And then just because these also would probably be the kind of guys that are like, yeah, we tried. It was fun. You know, let's go back to retirement. Um, now, they've all been in bands since. Um, so it's not like they haven't been around. Um, but a lot of the a lot of the goodness of them as a band are them as a band, I think. So <clears throat> I like this song because and this is gonna be weird, mm -hmm. but not the vocalist, but the music yeah. reminds me so much, at least in this song, reminds me so much of Breaking Benjamin. Yeah. Um they they have a very talented lineup. Um I mean, Ben, who's the lead singer, he's also the rhythm guitarist and sometimes piano player. Uh, PJ, uh, he is the lead guitarist. He is so musically talented. Um, he was one of those guys that you'd always see him on the Warp Tour. Like, before the band came on, he'd just be, like, diddling around with songs, trying to figure out things in his head. Um, and then you'd hear them later on albums, which was always really cool. And they are just, they are just so musically gifted as, as a band goes, I think. And uh, like I said, yeah. I think it's just real cool that you're starting to see them say, okay, yeah, we're we're kind of bored being retired. Let, let's try this again. 
I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. All of these artists that you added, I mean literally every single one except for the next one. The next one. Was something new to me. Let's see. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. I think, yeah. But I mean, of course, of co- like, you know, Lil Peep, I say he's new because it is. I know the name, but I don't know the music. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Scrim, I know the Suicide Boys, but I don't know him as a solo artist. So all of these things were new to me. And then with um, Armor for Sleep, like I got to hear kind of a style of music I've not heard in a while. Okay. Um, God, it was so good, dude. And like I said, that whole vocalist is aside like the music itself reminded me so much of a time where breaking benjamin was on like repeat for me um kind of yeah I it's, not, see it's that. not exactly there but it is shares some similarities and I, I really loved it um seven i think sure yes. why not sure seven for me is this so this is the first song i ever heard from denzel curry and if you've listened to the past episodes you know that i love denzel curry so this song is called this life it's from the album imperial and this is the song that made me fall in love with the kind of like the kind of artist that denzel curry actually is um this is a song that showed me a very unique cadence a very unique ability to tell a story make you think um i can't tell you how many times i played this song back in what 2018 2019 i don't know but like i if this was if this was a cd i would have broken the cd from playing it over and over and over this was my song for everything like get out of work play the song go to work play the song you know go go fucking run some errands it was always this song was the first song that i turned on in the car i loved it so much um and of course i i was able to explore the the album further from there and imperial is such a good album it has so many great uh songs on there like zenith and story no title um ult naughty head like it's so good it's a fantastic album i encourage everyone to listen to it but this song just talks about him and it's like it's him and his girlfriend and then also having a a, a person on the side um and for me like the side piece that he's talking about is kind of subjective. Like the side piece for me, like when I think about it and I correlate it with my life, it's like, I have my life and I have my relationship with my girlfriend. But unfortunately something that happens as a part of my life is that my side piece sometimes gets in the way of that. And my side piece is unfortunately work. Like I work a lot. Like I'm at work 40 plus hours a week sometimes. And it's like, it really wears on me as a person and this song it's like i substitute in like his side piece for what i would consider to be my work-life balance and it some it sucks man like of course like we persevere and we overcome and i acknowledge that and i acknowledge that i'm you know a flawed person with it and everything but like it just it really exemplifies how i feel sometimes just incredible song by him overall and like i said it opened the door for me to go and listen to all of his other music which i just ate up it's so good no i i definitely this is one of my favorite denzel curry songs so i was happy to see this on here i i think he's yeah. just such a great artist he is and i feel like he's really underrated man yeah i i think he's like he's kind of in that category of like an mf doom he he's you know your hip-hop yep. artist hip-hop artist um so number seven for me was this life imperial 
by Denzel Curry mm-hmm. from Imperial. Sorry. Your number seven is a little ditty. Yeah. Known as. Uh, is Can You uh, Feel My Heart, the remix by yes. uh, Bring Me the Horizon and Jarris Johnson. I was trying to fill, figure out if it was Feel My Heart or Can You Feel My Heart. I had to go back and look. Yeah. This song no, you're good. Yeah. So did, were you familiar with this this version of it, though? Or was Not it the, the original? Remix. Okay. So uh, Jarris Johnson is one of these guys that he... he I think he started out as a TikTok artist, I want to say. I, I'm not really sure the the background, but everything that he's done that I've heard, I like, uh, especially with this. Uh, so he's done a cover of a Slayer song with uh, Zilla Kami, who's a, an artist who I've talked about on previous episodes that I really like. Um, but this song always stands out to me because it's such a unique take on that song while still being true to that song. Um, and I think that's a good introductory to Jairus Johnson and his style of music, uh, cause he's done covers of Nickelback songs, Papa Roach songs, like a, a, a slathering of artists that you would never expect anybody to actually give a shit about. Um, he has done covers with, so it, I think this is kind of like a good introduction to him as an artist. And, uh, I, I just... I really like this song. It's been something that I've been listening to a lot lately. Um, you know, as we kind of get into this. Uh, so yeah, I, I put it on here just because I was like, man, I've really been loving this song lately. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Definitely not what I expected when I heard it. For yeah. The first time. It's kind of hard. Cause it's like, it's like an EDM, but not, I mean, it, it's real hard to define this sound, but if you're like, hey, I kind of like Bring Me the Horizon, but maybe it's a little too hard for me. Um, this will fix that. Yeah, this will fix that. And then also give you an artist that you look at and you're like, okay, this guy did a cover of Papa Roach's Last Resort with them. Um, and they liked it well enough that they were like, hey, can can we jump on this? You know, And he's done covers yep. of like Skillet songs and... Like I said, Nickelback, like he he's all over the board musically. Um, but that being said, you know, I'd like to see him do more of his own style of music at some point too. Yeah, no, I, I definitely became a fan with this. Like I knew the original, like I said, but this kind of gave me something that I didn't know that I wanted. Yeah. I didn't know I wanted Bring Me the Horizon on this kind of like you said, it's like it is kind of EDM style. And I hate to make this comparison because it's not truly, but it kind of gives me... Oh, please don't hate me for this. It no, kind of gives me Hollywood Undead vibes. Yeah, yeah. No, as as a uh, former big fan of Hollywood Undead, you're, you're in a safe space. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, what was his name? Johnny Three Tears would be proud right now. Yeah. <laughs> God, is that bad? I could probably name all of the members of Hollywood Undead off the top it's of my head. It's just not bad. It's like, I don't know why I thought for a second you wouldn't be into Hollywood Undead. I mean, I mean, how was it? You couldn't escape that. Okay. I mean, oh, God. They, they look, they're a shitty band, probably full of shitty people. I hope Charlie Scene doesn't kick my ass. God damn it, there's another one that I just rattled off the top of my head. Yeah. <sighs> I think my, I, my introduction to them came on their first album, but then they had that whole Street Fighter X Tekken video yeah. that their song played over. Do you remember that? 
I do. By I chance. do. Yeah. Oh, God. It was so good. Yeah. Man, I remember that. That gave me chills watching it for the first time. And, and they were something cool, but they were so of their own time. Oh, absolutely. That's We'll do a whole episode on them one day just because they're so damn unique. I, I don't I'm, know I'm reluctantly in. Yeah, probably going to, too. Damn it. Did, Did it to myself. Yeah, sorry. Ruin, ruined your life. No, that's all right. Uh, Sorry, in the gutter. We, we can, we we can rejoice in a in a good band group song though with my number X choice because I have literally forgotten the numbers now. I'm going to say this is um, eight. Eight, probably. Yes. This is a song called "Reborn" from Kids See Ghosts. Kids See Ghosts is Mr. Kanye West and Mr. Kid Cudi. Yes. One of the two of which being one of my favorite hip-hop artists of all time with my favorite hip-hop album. And ironically, the other being one of my favorite. There you go. It's like, you're Kanye, I'm Kid Cudi. I don't know if show. I want to be Kanye. Like, no, it's not, I these definitely days, fit, it definitely fits. He, he just tweeted out a little bit ago that Kim has two employees dedicated to her complex bidet system. When she poops, she smears it the whole way out. Two families' incomes being supplied by those smears. So I really don't want to be Just... Kanye. Okay, everything aside from that's kind yeah. of on brand, though. Yeah, I mean it is. His Instagram account is wild. Oh. When it's active, it's like the best thing ever, and I feel bad for saying that because he clearly is struggling. Well, and that's <laughs> something, dude. And you know, all jokes aside, that's a reason why I love this song so much. Yeah. First off, just incredible sounding song this is my yeah. kanye when i think of kanye west it was this this is what i want to hear from him his whole entire verse on this song is incredible yes two but it's like the first one and i hate to say it like this but he almost sounds defeated when he comes on yeah. on the first verse um he's he, one of his lines says, y'all been telling jokes that's going to stress me out. Um, and like you, that that's something that happens too often in today's world with him. Like he, he does, he is the butt end of everyone's jokes. And I know like he kind of opens that door. I'm not going to say he doesn't, Yeah. but he is a person that's struggling and he's struggling hard. Yeah. Um, and I correlate with that. This is a song that I, again, like if we follow a theme here, I have a very fragile psyche. I, I truly do. Um, it's one that I've learned to live with. It's one that I've learned to walk in tandem with. But just even hearing that line. Yeah. Uh, you know, y'all been telling jokes that's going to stress me out. The next line saying, as soon as I walk in, I'm like, let's be out. Like, that's me to a T, dude. Like, all, like, people, I'm the butt end of people's jokes, and it's like, ah, ha, 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 you know, out in public, but in the end of the day, it's like, that's, that's my psyche, dude, and, like, it, it hurts sometimes, and it's, anytime I walk into a social situation, the first thing I'm doing with Sabrina's like, dude, can we just go, like, yeah, and thank God she's the same way, like, we both are homebodies, like, if we're not homebodies, we're off in a mountain somewhere where there's nobody out there anyway, that's who we are, that's why we're together, <laughs> We just get each other, and she match. helps build me up. It's it's the perfect match. She's my ketchup to my peanut butter. So, oh. Um. Oh. <laughs> God, here we go with the ketchup again. Or as Tommy yeah. calls it, a smoothie. A smoothie. 
no she she truly is she what she is is the calm to my storm um nice so uh, that's great for us but then it's like i i think of kanye right now in these situations and it's i always reflect back to this song and it's like man has a breaking point yeah and i think we all do that's why I relate to this song so heavily. The whole entire Kid Seagulls album mm-hmm. is incredible. Yes, it is a. I did not know I wanted an album from Cuddy and Kanye, but I fucking did. And it's sad because it's, so it's probably a one-off thing. Like that relationship oh, yeah. is so fractured at this point. You know, it is fractured. It's never gonna happen again. And I this is like a relic. Yeah, because it's like two artists that you didn't know you wanted to come together, but when they did, it was literally magical. And they produced wasn't a long album, but it was an album full of like substance. Yeah, like it it was full and it was packed and it was colorful, vivid. And like it took you on a journey and it gave you these messages and it gave you pieces of their life. And this song exemplifies all of that. And with Cuddy in the background, just singing that chorus behind it mm-hmm. about how he's reborn and how he's moving forward to keep moving forward. You know, that's it's it just coalesces so well. And it's one of my it's truly one of my favorite songs of all time. Um, and I had to make it to this list. Nice. Number eight for me, Reborn. Number eight for you. Yeah, so um, we're going to do a little editorializing due to language barriers. Um, Number eight for me is a song that has, it's one of my all-time favorite bands. Uh, They're called Fast Black is what it translates to. Um, They are, and the song is called Boys From Nowhere. Um, So they are a Scandinavian death punk band. Um quite an interesting history um so you might recognize this band from uh shows like viva la bam and jackass and anything bam margera related because he and the lead singer hank von helt uh were good friends um but this is this song here is like one of my favorite songs because it's like a moving tribute from a band that didn't really do a whole lot of tributes um Hank, unfortunately, is no longer with us. They replaced him years ago with another lead singer. Tony is the guy's name. Um, they are an amazingly great punk band, very much in the vein of like an Iggy Pop, only modernized. Um, and I, I just always like this song. This song holds a super huge special place in the heart of uh, a lot of fans of this band in particular. Um, because it was used as like a tribute song for like one of their, um, it was a fan of the band who owned a bar that they were all friends with, um, named Herbert. And, uh, he, his name was Herbert Schemlerek. I can't say German names. He owned a bar that, um, fans still to this day of the band, they all gather at what they call World Turbo Jugendfest, um, which just happened a few weeks ago. Um, and it's basically like, it's kind of one of those things like when you're a fan of this band and you see another fan of this band, you, you know, instantly that you have a friend, right? Like when I wear my cut, cause that's what they call it. It's a jean jacket with the band's, uh, logo, which is a, a, a biker cap on the back. Like if I see somebody else wearing that, I immediately know, Hey, I'm going to have drinks with you and we're going to be friends and life's going to be cool. Um, 
it, it's kind of a weird insular community. Um, it's very punk rock to its core. Um, so like, it, it's kind of like one of those last dying vestiges of the days of old punk rock. Um, and it, it, it's a song that it just really holds a special place in my heart. Um, you know, and, and the fact that this bar is still home and hang out to fans even once the owner died. I mean, he was in his, like, late 70s and really still into punk rock. Um, and this band just really embraced it. The song Boys From Nowhere is just, like, a really great tribute. It The riffs are great. Happy Tom is, like, one of the best guitar players that you'll ever hear. Um, and, and the band itself is just great. Um... Like I said, it's one of those things, like, people, when they see the name, it doesn't always hold true. Uh, but, yeah, I, I definitely say it, it's a great song to check out. Yeah, it's definitely a very unique sound that they have. Like, I knew of the band from exactly what you said, Viva yeah. Bam. Yeah. Um, and then I never, ever listened to them afterwards. I mean, when I when I think of Viva Bam, I listen to, like, I listen to him. Yeah. Um, that was the kind of the whole thing with them, right? But uh, I never really... Oh, and, I, you know, CKY and then Clutch. Those are the bands I learned from Viva La Bam. Yeah. And I actually listened to. And Turbo was this in one, a lot was, of those same groups. And it makes sense. I just never listened to it. And even now, this is the one that's like... I don't know why it's harder for me to listen to this kind of music. Yeah. I, I really don't. But I think some I, of it is Hank's voice. Um, maybe it, it's different, you know, um, it's very grady, you know, um, it's like, oh, it reminds me of a, you're right. His voice. It's just that skater rock to me, like, yeah, or something like maybe that's what I correlate it with. And it's not that it's pop punk because it's not like, yeah, it's, it's something different. They literally know. call that's it death it punk. Because, you know, they Death don't want to be pop yeah. punk. But, like, yeah, like, if you listen to, like, their most famous song is, like, Sell Your Body to the Night. And it's, like, the lead singer as nasally as possible being, like, everybody. And it's just, it's a really yeah. hard voice to listen to. But, like, honestly, man, like, the songs are all rock solid. They're super funny. They're tongue-in-cheek. They're kind of a more hardcore blood count, bloodhound gang. Um, you know, like uh, they have a song called if you CK, um, that's all about that. Um, you know, I love everything about this band. Um, they're, they're one of my favorite bands of all time and it's been interesting watching Tony take over. So the lead singer, uh, Hank from hell also went on to play Jesus Christ in the, uh, I think it was the Swedish version of Jesus Christ superstar after he escaped from rehab, like you can't make this stuff up. Go read the Wikipedia page on Hank from hell. Uh, and then after that, he started writing barbecue cookbooks and, uh, government conspiracy theories. So yeah, it's a, it was a wild ride for Hank. It was a wild sentence that you just said. Yeah. <laughs> oh Lord. Okay. Well, kind of in the same boat, kind of, kind of is my number nine song called a lot of i about said the wrong song name yeah it's a song called kickstart my heart by motley crew i about said live wire because that almost made it on here instead of that really um yeah dude mm, 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 mm. love me some motley crew if you don't know motley crew is my favorite i think it truly is my favorite like 
like classic heavy metal okay. band. Um, I I am one with the crew. Just saw them live this year. Was pretty rad. Loved every bit of that. Um, but kickstart my heart and Livewire. I mean, I'll get a little twofer in here if I if I need to. There These you are go. two songs. Pull a jack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. They just. You can't listen to Kickstart My Heart and you hear that like initial just that that strum down the guitar that like it oh it's like it, it, just so classic like I can hear in my head and every time it just gets me up and ready to do something like this is the song that no matter I can be in the pits of despair mm-hmm. I can be at my lowest and if I hear that that one strum that revs up the beginning of the song for kickstart my heart. It's like my ears perk up, my heart perks up, my eyes widen. It's like, this is the song that, Oh man, it's, it, it's so good. It's, it's just old school metal, dude. It It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, man, I, I don't even, I can't, I can't really even say much about it. It's just like, it's the song to get you going, to pick you up out of whatever, um, funk you may be in, you know, it, it it's just it's so good and this now starts the like rock and all the other alternative forms metal new metal and stuff like that this starts that side of my playlist so we're gonna kickstart that with kickstart my heart nice yeah no i nothing more i could say to this song than i love it it's one of my favorite molly crew songs it's so good dude and live wire too man like oh they're just it's like you just put you know, plugs into my neck and you just turn me into a battery. You flip me on. Like that's what these songs do for me. Yeah. hundred percent. They're, they're just great. Yep. Well, that was my number nine. You're going uh, on the other side of the spectrum again with yours. Tell me about it. Yeah. Look, buckle up kids. We're, uh, <laughs> we're about to go on a ride here. Uh, so the name of my song, get your pencils out. Number two, yep. uh, this is a scan contest. Uh, it is L D L H A I B C S Y W A. The fuck does that stand for? So it stands for Love Don't Live Here Anymore. It's been cold since you went away. Um, and it's a song by the the hip hop horror core group Twisted uh, of Insane Clown Posse fame. Um, no surprise here when I say I am still a juggalo, right? I. I could say I'm a reformed juggalo, but fuck it, I listen to them all the time. Yeah. Um, I just don't go to shows anymore. But um, it, this is an interesting song for me. Um, so Twisted, for those that don't know, was the first group that the Insane Clown Posse signed to a record label. And they're very, they used to be really similar. And along the way they really started diverging, they don't get along anymore. This is like one of those weird things where insane clown posse fans aren't twisted fans and twisted fans aren't insane clown posse fans. Like the two groups hate each other, even though they came from the same place, which is like fucking watching your white trash cousins beat the shit out of each other and say they hate each other. Cause you know, eventually they're just going to make up. Um, but anyways, this song, this song is interesting because it's, how do I put it? Twisted is really good at writing emotion into their songs and like actually talking about something and not just telling a story. Um, and this song is like one of their best examples of it. I think 
Um, and, and they, it really shows how good they can work with a metaphor. Um, so like the song literally opens up with, they tend to misunderstand the man with paper hands and or the paper man with scissor hands. And it's like, okay, wait, if you think about that, like, yeah, like obviously he'd just be like cutting himself all the time. And you know, like the song really gets into a lot of like lyrical design. And I think it kind of showcases why Twisted is different than the Insane Clown Posse and why in some regards probably lyrically more gifted and better um because it, it slows down it speeds up and it's like actually kind of long song um and like you could tell that at the time these two guys were probably going through some stuff because the lyrics are super dark but not like not like a haha insane clown posse level dark like no like it's introspective um and it, it's them figuring out things like you know, they're, they're talking about how they probably aren't easy to live with, um, you know, and that some days they're just sitting around waiting to die at this point um, and like trying to get themselves together. You know, like it's a really interesting song and it's one of those like I would always feel weird, like trying to like show anybody, you know, hey, here's an insane clown posse song that matters. This song you could probably actually show somebody and they may not like it if it probably isn't for most people but every now and then you're probably gonna get that one person like oh this is actually kind of cool yeah so for me i was never like i listened to some of the inclain and inclain insane clown posse songs i listened when i went back and thought about it like when i was looking up the playlist Mm -hmm. i had heard of a twisted song before i forget what it was Right, we don't die. That was like their biggest. It could biggest have been song. They were riding around I, on a Ouija board. It was pretty weird. It was. This is not what I expected. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy it. I was. I don't know. I think they have they a very can, unique sound. Yes, they do. They can do the whole tell a story like the Insane Clown Posse does, but their albums are never like dependent on that story as like the theme for the album. Yeah. You know, like, like they have, like, I think when I say that, if you're not familiar, you know, there's a song called Marsh Lagoon that they do where they're telling a story of this like haunted swamp. Um, you know, and and like they can tell a thematically creative story, but the album isn't written all around that one song. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely, definitely um, worth checking out because I feel like a lot of people would overlook it because of the correlation with maybe the insane clown posse side of things. But that doesn't say, yeah, pretty much anything. It's like it's they're their own entity. This song is great. It tells a story. It is a little sadder. Like it has that flow to it, mm-hmm. but it's wonderful because again, you really don't hear a lot of storytelling like that in today's music. So I thought it was good. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those, it's always on a playlist for me somewhere. Um, They tend to be on more of my playlists than, we'll say, the Insane Clown Posse. But, um, yeah, yeah, I definitely, this is maybe one of my favorite songs from them. Yeah, definitely um, good choice. Uh, Ten for me, moving on. Number ten, we have Paper Cut by Linkin Park. I mean, this one is almost as cut and simple as Kickstart My Heart. I feel like this song embodies everything that Linkin Park is. 
I think this yeah. is, it starts off with the hip hop. It throws in the new metal. You have Chester and Mike killing it. Like this is everything Linkin Park ever was to me in this one song. And the lyrics there behind it, like says a lot now that, you know, Chester is obviously not here with us anymore, but it's like, Oh, just the lyrics just always drive home man and it's like i miss this kind of music i miss this lincoln park yeah i miss this era of music altogether um but i don't know it just it does something for me that a lot of other it's not that the other songs don't do because hy- hybrid theory in general is one of the best albums to ever come out oh 100 percent uh yeah I, for sure do we do we want to get into story time What's story time? I, I okay. So I actually have a Lincoln Park story, and I think I kind of alluded to this when we were putting this together. I I love Papercut. Like Papercut's one of my favorite songs of theirs. Um, yeah. I actually had the 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 privilege of seeing them before Hybrid Theory came out. Um, they opened for a friend of mine's band, the Cottonmouth Kings, on the uh, I believe it was the Royal Highness tour. Um, highness, H-I-G-H-N-E-S-S, just clear here, okay, um, yeah, um, and I remember watching this band and being like, holy fuck, and I, I will never forget to this day, like, I was blown away by them, and then, um, ah, fuck it, well, I would, uh, Brad Daddy X of the Cottonmouth Kings looked at me, and was like, man, fuck these guys, they're never gonna do shit, and I just, oh. I, I remember looking at him being like, well, you brought him on the fucking tour. Like, I, I remember being like a very young man just being like, well, you, you brought them on here. Like, cause I, if I remember right at the time he was doing like everything, but I also remember like, I saw them in like two legs of the tour and then like the third leg was going to happen. And that was right as that first song came out. And they were like, yo, we got to bounce like bigger and better. And they just like left the tour. And I, but I remember at the time just being like, these guys are going to be fucking huge. And boy, was I, I, boy, was I right. And, uh, I was really glad to see them in that like infinite infant stage of, uh, their musical career because the talent was definitely there. They were not very good live. Um, they were putting it together, but they weren't where they are or where, where they were by the time this album came out. That's wild to me that you're just kicking back with Cottonmouth Kings watching Lincoln Park pre-Hybrid Theory to me. That's just well, I was, absolutely insane. Yeah, I was a, uh, I have a lot of connections with the Suburban Noise records, we'll say, um, and that was how this Who happened. Who are you? I'm just Chef. Um, but having been a fan, been there for a lot of their shows... You know, we saw a lot of bands kind of come through that went on to do bigger things. Um, Head P.E. was another one of those. Now, they didn't have the, obviously, career like Linkin Park did. But, uh, no, Linkin Park, I just, I remember seeing that and just being like, holy shit. And I think that, if I remember right, they left that tour to go play with the Deftones, I think. Because uh, something had happened the Deftones were like, yo, we, we want these guys to headline and we'll actually just trade off a headline. So, like, the Deftones would headline one show, Linkin Park would do the next. Um, but I just remember, like, Linkin Park just being, like, 
when Chester was singing and he was hitting those notes, it was just like, this is something. Like, pay attention, people. Like, this is something. And I just remember Daddy X, who went on to infamously screw the entire band, just being like, oh, fuck these guys. Like, it's just, I, I will never forget that. You have lived the wildest life. I don't even think that people understand yeah. just how wild of a life you've lived or the connections that you have or the things that you've done and the places you've been, the people you know. Yeah. I don't even know why you're doing this show with me. Because it's fun, and I like being here. And, uh, you know, we'll, 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 maybe one day we'll talk more about, like, weird musical connections I have, but uh, a lot came from the Cottonmouth Kings and the Insane Clown Posse, as aforementioned there. Um, I'm starting to believe you're really in a gang at this point. Yeah, uh, crip all day, son. Okay. Anyway, yep. you're number Back 10. Um, no. <laughs> so, um, my number 10 is... Uh, so, uh, we're, I'm going to preface this right now. My number 10 and number 11 are two of those songs, kind of like that band Owen, that are like so deeply me and interesting that I don't think a lot of people would ever peg as something like that I'm into. So have you ever heard of the band I the Mighty? Uh I th- oh that's a hard one. Like I feel like I know the name, but I could not name a singular song. Okay. So I'm gonna say no actually. Okay. Second thing this song, what do you think it's about? I I don't know. <laughs> I, oh, like, I probably should preface honest. this. So uh, the song is I the Mighty, and it's called Andrew's Song. Yeah. So so no clue who Andrew might be? I don't, dude. If it has to do with a son, it's going to hurt. No, even worse. Even worse. It's a dog. Um, No. Yeah. Like, when I heard that... Okay, so uh, this song is called Andrew's Song, and it's this deeply touching sentimental song about him this the lead singer missing and and he just refers to him as andrew um and like you're like okay well andrew must be like a lover like the way that he talks about him um is so like deeply touching that like it's hard to believe like when you hear it like so I the Mighty released a, a version of this album where they explain each of the songs and uh the the song or the album is called Connector from I the Mighty. I genuinely recommend to anybody go check out I the Mighty. They're like one of the coolest bands you'll ever hear. Um we saw them I just I found them what is it? They they toured with Coheed and Cambria. My wife and I saw them and we really liked them. So I dug more into them, and that was like when the first album was coming out, and they were super cool. They hung out with people, and they were super nice to everybody. Um, but this song is called Andrew's Song, and it, it starts out with, you always told me to write a song about Andrew. Little did you know that it would be more about you. And you're kind of like, okay, this has to be about a person, right? Like, um, And it, the song is actually about him wondering if the dog misses him. And how he misses the dog. Um, but like That is crushing. Yeah, because he'll be like, he, his head rests on my shoulder. It's a place that ah. used to call your nook. You know? So, like, he's talking to both the, the ex-girlfriend and the dog at the same time. 
And I mean, it, it's, yeah, this, this song literally will just sometimes make me cry. I mean, it is, it is really gut-wrenchingly sad when you realize it. Um, and, and like, yeah, it's just, it's a cool song. This album as a whole does some really cool things. Um, but Andrew's song is one of those things like, because they didn't release like the, the notes version where they explain things until after the song or after the album was out for a few months. And like, once you hear them kind of explain this album, you're like, why didn't this come out like right away? Like, it's so cool. Um, there's like another song on here called Epilogue as a Prologue, um, where he was like, what if we wrote a song in reverse and, you know, kind of played with it, like musically wrote it in reverse. Um, it's a band that really can think different about music, and that's why I like Eye of the Mighty. They have great breakdowns, great lyrics, um, and, and really interesting concepts of music that you don't always see performed at a level that they can. I'm just listening to the, some, some of the song again now, and it, it hits a little differently. Yeah. Yeah, once oh, you realize God, it's a dude, dog, actually, it's just like, what in the, like... Uh, wait, it's heavy on my chest. Like, I, I it's, it's, yeah. it's a heavy weight, man. I want to go love both my dogs after this is over. God. Yeah, you just want to go hug them afterwards, because you're just like, I, I can't, like... But, like, that, honestly, <sighs> like, when you hear him explain it, it's like, to a dog, like, that would be, like, the most confusing thing ever. Like, if you were living with somebody, you broke up, and all of a sudden, you're not there for the dog, like... Uh, what does the I dog actually dude. think? Yeah. Like, if you think about that, that's just like, that's like the mind blowing depression wave right there waiting for you. Um, sorry. <laughs> oh God, man. It actually physically hurts to yeah. think about that. I'm such a dog person. So anything like that, and I've never even had that. I can consciously remember like hearing a song about a dog. I'm sure yeah. there has been, but not in this regard. Because I yeah, truly did think it was about like a family member. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, yeah. Once you realize what it is, it's like it takes on this whole other meaning. Like you're you're sitting there thinking like, oh, he's just really sad that he doesn't have this lover in his life or this person in his life. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, this song's more about the dog than the dog's owner, and it's like, oh god, like he was emotionally <laughs> attached to this dog more than the person. Um, but yeah. Okay. I am physically yeah. hurting from that, so we're <laughs> moving on to something angry. Uh, My bad. <laughs> yeah, that's super, that's crushing, dude. Um, world's in a poo-poo place right now, right? World is yep. not in a good place. So who better to listen to during that time than Rage Against the Machine? And my number 11 song is Gorilla Radio, which I think we should all listen to and take note of because song speaks some motherfucking truth. And yeah, I think, uh, I think he says it very, very well at the end on that ending bridge. It has to start somewhere. It has to start sometime. What better place than here? What better time than now? And the world's in a world's in a terrible place. So let's all elect Zach De La Roca as our president let's follow him for the rest of our lives that's the whole meaning of the song really yeah that's that's exactly what he would want 
as a uh, as a budding high schooler with his Shager Vera book, uh, Rage Against the Machine was like always one of my favorite bands. Evil Empire was maybe one of my most played albums ever. I would say. Um, yeah. I was definitely tickled pink to hear this song. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's... I just think it's truly like all. Jo- I mean, it's it's not really even all jokes aside, like. The f- opening line says something about Third World War, and that's literally what we've been looking in the face for the better part of a year now. Like, it's think, thankfully it's not happened, but, you know, we've been teetering on the cusp of just something. You know, it's like, yeah, this song was from how long ago? Like, it was nine, late 90s? Uh, yeah, if I remember. Uh, this one might have been early thousands, if I remember right. So at some point in that time frame, like, it's just, exponentially gotten worse like this was pre 9-11 even yeah uh i don't know it's just i think it's a song that kind of echoes through to today and everyone should give it a a good old listen um tell me please that your number 11 is not about a dog no but it's also it's also a weird trip um so my number 11 is from a band one of my all-time favorite bands. I, I love these guys. I will never say a bad thing about this band. Um, it, it's called Boys Night Out. Uh, they were a Canadian uh, emo band. I love them. This song played at our wedding, uh, which is going to sound real bad when I kind of explain everything here. Um, and the song is called Composing. So Composing is the... Essentially, it's like the closing song to this album like there's two or uh, sorry there's three songs afterwards but composing is really kind of like where it hits its stride um as far as like an album goes so the album itself is called Trainwreck, and it's a concept album and the concept is all about um a patient it's written from the perspective of the person who's at the center of this album so it's kind of highbrow here um the patient is the person at the center of the album is basically he murders his wife goes to a mental hospital and is trying to convey the music that he hears in his head to people around him um so if you're following me here kudos because it's a real highbrow album um but composing is like one of my favorite songs off of this um because it's really um chanty it's really like it's one they would close sets with all the time um and it it, it's really kind of haunting almost because the like chorus to it is it's all about the song in my head the one where the audience is all dead um and like it's all about him in the mental hospital trying to like cope with and realize what has happened you know and like in there, he literally talks about what happened. Um, you know, he says, like, so come over to my house, catch up over dinner. We're having strychnine and sirloin, port wine and paint thinner. Uh, and you'll convulse, you'll convulse through the chorus. It's a song of a sinner. And, like, it's like him both accepting what he did and what he, you know, also realizes happened. Um, and it, it was a really interesting album because you don't see a lot of bands that, like, want to tell a story, right? Like, Coheed and Cambria is one of those bands that tells a story with every album, right? 
Um, you don't see a whole lot of other bands that do that. And like, this is a really weird story. They turned it into a play a few years ago um, and perform it live every now and then. And they get the band back together to do it. Um, but Boys Night Out is one of my favorite bands of all time. This song is like one that both my wife and I still love to this day. I can remember vividly singing along to it at the top of our lungs multiple times in a car, just driving someplace whenever it would come on. Um, seeing it live numerous times. Um, and yeah, um, they're another band that famously, you know, broke up. And like during COVID, I saw them live on a uh, Twitch stream with the band Emery. They got the lead singer and guitarist back together and they did uh, some of their songs live. And it was like the most special treat because. I had just accepted that, hey, my favorite band ever is probably never going to get back together again. They're just on different trajectories. They're doing different things. And, you know, that's okay. Um, but this song is, like, one that holds a very near and dear place to my heart because it's so creatively highbrow in its delivery and yet also at the same time very musically talented. Yeah, definitely didn't expect this one. Because um, when it started out, I was like, eh, you know, I wasn't really vibing with it. But then by the end yeah. of it, and like the chorus and the harmony and everything, it's I was, I was swept away. Yeah. And thank God it's a little better than the dog. Yeah. So like they had three albums come out. Um, their first one, "Make Yourself Sick," is a quintessential like early days of emo album. Um, and then their last album. Uh, which was just called Boys Night Out. It was kind of like them growing into a rock band. Um, so, like, yeah. it's kind of weird. None of their albums are the same. Um, Trainwreck, the one this is from specifically, being nothing like anything out there. Um, you know, it really stood out for me. Um, but, yeah. I And these guys, uh, like I said, they, they unfortunately aren't really around anymore, which kind of sucks, but... Um, this album is definitely something interesting. If you like this one song, just listen to the album straight through. It tells a whole story, and it's a really cool little concise story. Um, not cool that the guy murdered his wife, but like, it, it's cool that somebody can think of that musically and say, okay, how would I tell a whole story across 12 songs? Um, yeah. And, and a story that I haven't experienced, you know? Like, it's different when it's your life and your events, but when it's something else and you're just having to make up all the parts and pieces, you know, that that's right. a little different. Well, moving on from one dark thing to another. Yeah. Let's talk about my number 12. My number 12 is a beautiful little ditty by a Ghost called Dance Macabre. And this song is so incredibly fun for the subject matter that it sings on. Uh, Dance Macabre is essentially talking about the Black Death. And if you don't know what the Black Death is, you might have heard a little something called the Bubonic Plague. Um, it's essentially back in, how long ago is this? At least, you know, 10 years, right? Yeah. When the Black Death was yeah, a thing. But, is that right? Uh, I think that's COVID-18. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. sorry. <laughs> I didn't even have COVID I shouldn't on the mind. Make those jokes, damn it! It's okay. No, it's allegedly. Yeah, right? allegedly that fixes everything. Birds aren't real. You alleged. 
What? But I don't know. Sorry, I was just throwing out other conspiracy theories. I now have to look that up. So Dance Macabre. <laughs> it talks about the Black Death, and it's you know the Black Death literally killed thousands and thousands of people within a matter of days. So during this time, everyone was literally living like it was their last day. You didn't know, like it. It was a sinister thing but it's like you woke up every day and it's like it could be you next you you had no idea and this song sings about that but in a very uplifting way almost it's it it it's beautiful it's like his voice is resonating and powerful and the reason it's on here is because of what i touched on earlier in this show and it's that i've always 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 had a problem with coming to terms with the fact that death is inevitable and this song at the time i didn't know what it was about at the time of listening to it it almost sounds like a love song because he you know he keeps repetitively saying you know i want to be with you in the moonlight and you know yada yada but digging a little deeper into the song it's like holy shit Mm -hmm. like it's like yeah he wants to be with them in the moonlight in his last days, like he wants to live like it's no no tomorrow, literally. And when I I started thinking about it and it's like, why does it have to come to that point? Why does it have to be COVID um, or something that tells us like we, we have precious time. We have a very finite amount of time allotted to us and we have to make the most of that. And I don't think it should have to be about some plague or pandemic that opens our eyes to that. It's just something that we need to live with the knowledge of every day. And that's what I try to do is live every day of my life. Like I might not get another one. And this song kind of validates that. Like it reassures me, like it reminds me, I think is the better word. Um, And yeah, it just, I try to have the best days I can. It's not always easy. Sometimes I fail, and that's okay. Yeah. The, the point of the matter is that I'm genuinely trying, and I'm not waiting for something cataclysmic to happen before I have my eyes open to that, essentially. And I think this is a really cool song to end out my side of the playlist because it kind of encapsulates everything that I've talking about, you know, the issues and stuff like that, that I, I do have and I do struggle with. This song kind of reminds me that all the lessons of the songs coming together, it's like life's too short, you know? Yeah. Live it, enjoy it. You Make don't every have moment all the time in the world. Make everything count. Yeah. So uh, number 12 for me, the last song, Dance Macabre by Ghost. Yeah. This is maybe, like, actually one of my favorite, like, ghost songs. They're a band that I really like. Um, But I think this kind of, like, this kind of took them to another level. Like, I feel like the zeitgeist around that band was really hot when this song came out. And uh, I feel like this, you know, just really was them opening doors for themselves by putting out a song like this. Uh, Because I think for most bands, putting out a song like this would have been, like, some form of career suicide because it's kind of a weird song, you know, like musically. It is. It's a very weird subject to tackle. Yeah. But like even like the sound of it, like the production, mm-hmm. the the overall like musical 
arrangement is kind of strange. And then, like, yeah. you watch the music video, and it's it's even weirder at that point. Oh, yeah. Um, they can't just leave it a weird. They have to take it to another level. Yeah. Plus, if I remember right, this was, like, the whole, like, Papa Emeritus, like, becoming different. Like, he, he was changing personas. Like, it, it was... It was a very interesting time, I feel like, for that band. Yeah, there, there's something else, dude. I will give them that. Talked about them in our uh, metal episode. Yeah. Go back and listen. All right. That was number 12 for me. Why don't you wrap it up for us? Give me your final song of the 24 chosen songs of this playlist of songs. Sure. So my number 12 is uh, another song near and dear to my heart, very sentimental to me. Um <laughs> I, I say that jokingly, sorry. Um, it's called Werewolf uh, by Every Time I Die. Um, actually, I think it's called Werewolf because it's W-E apostrophe. English is hard. Um, so Werewolf is like a strange but like awesome kind of like party-driven song uh, by Every Time I Die. And it, it, it reminds me of a bygone era of bar tabs under the name of Rad McBad. And uh, just kind of being like that kind of very obnoxious early 20s person. Uh, yes, I did use the name Rad McBad under bar tabs. Um, yeah, I did that. Uh, and I would tell jokes like, hey, what comes before part B? I'm waiting. Do you know what comes before part B? I'm trying to think. I mean, no. Part A! I... Yeah. Oh, oh God, God, we went there. Um, it's like I was going to say part A, but I never heard it in that style in my head. It was just part A. Yeah. So, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's still, it hasn't aged well. Um, so, Werewolf is, um, it's a song by them, and it, it's real funny because it's about him literally turning into a party animal. Um, so, it's, you know, super deep. Um, but it has, like, one of my favorite, like, hooks ever in a song. Um, or not hooks. I guess, like, one of my favorite lyrics in a song ever. And it's it's a full moon. Denim is tight. And my flannel shirt is freaking out. Run for your life. Cover your eyes. If you don't want to see me party this hard. Because I've got a bone to pick with the morning sun and the first lights call. But I didn't put my hair in a ponytail for nothing. So if I'm going home alone, I ain't going at all. Um <laughs> Yeah, super Why? super deep lyrics, but, like, it's super funny in the, like, delivery. So, like, Every Time I Die is one of those bands that I really love. Um, I know that, like, most people don't like them. I know that Keith Buckley is, like, the ultimate asshole. Um, they're a band, though, that I've, I've just always loved ever since, like, I feel like I, when I heard their first album, I was in love with this band and, like, they were so radically different um, because they incorporated like a lot of blues into like hardcore music. Um, it was like a really weird kind of sound. I remember when I first heard the album Hot Damn, I was I was hooked. Um, Hot Damn is maybe one of my favorite albums of all time, um, and especially the song Ebola Rama, which obviously has. Uh, probably not aged very well given given the state of the world um but this particular song um werewolf it came off an album called um the big dirty and uh 
it was kind of like really them like really finding that group um this i think if i remember it's like one of their most like commercially successful albums um and werewolf it's got an amazing music video to it because it just riffs on a uh, teen wolf the whole time it, it's like the world's shittiest werewolf costume attacks the band they all turn into werewolves uh somebody dances dressed as a werewolf on top of an ice cream truck their fans turn into werewolves. Like, it just gets, like, layers of stupid. But the song, like, actual, like, lyrical content is delivered in such a fast-paced, frantic man. Like, it's like a, a frantic delivery, almost, is what Keith Buckley really shines at. Um, and it's it just, it's great. It, it's like the ultimate, like, hardcore party song. You know, like, there's nothing like lyrically too deep about it but like if you listen to it it's you know it, it in a weird way is you know because he'll say something like i never thought it would take i had uh thick blood and a cynical skin and you're like okay wait what does he mean by that okay well it you know just meant that he was actually trying to escape the werewolf bite is all it meant you know but like the way that he delivers that is, is kind of interesting and i love the line on Kind of near the end, like, there's a giant breakdown, and he's just shouting, don't cry. And he ends it with, I gave the world one hell of a time. Like, you could just tell that this came from, like, a place of pure fun. And, like, it was just meant to be, like, a party song, you know? And, and you don't see that in hardcore music. Um, so that kind of, like, mix is really fun to me. And uh, it's one of those songs... That I mean, it's coming up on 20 years old at this point. And I still just really love this this entire song. Like to me, it's like one of the best. So, what year did this song come out in? Uh, 2007. I'm getting I don't know why, and it's just getting uh what's his name Andrew WK vibes from this. Yeah, I could see that. It's that super power guitar that they use. Um. Yeah. You know, it, it's two lead guitarists doing the same thing, you know, just like one key off. So it, it, it's just like this powerful sound. And every time I die is just, a, it's a great band. Um, you know, they, they are, some of their older stuff hasn't aged as well. Like I, I think Hot Damn is a good starting spot if you want to listen to this band. Because Last Night in Town came out in 2001 and it was very like it was very early days of metalcore so it, it just doesn't age well um likewise new junk aesthetic that came out in like 2009 is like really them like finding that like blues metal kind of groove that they were always looking for um but like yeah i I love Every Time I Die. Like, I think they're one of the coolest bands out there. They're super innovative in their field. And they're not afraid to have fun while being serious. And, you know, Were Werewolf, I always want to say Werewolf, Werewolf is 100% that. It's them having fun. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that, that's my last one there. A good party song to wrap up the 24 songs of our life. Yeah. That was a fucking ride, man. There was a lot of different songs, different genres, different songs with different meanings. That was a pretty stellar 24-song playlist. I think so, too. Like, me. I think this is, like, one of our best playlists, like, 
overall. 100% agree, because we are all over the spectrum. Oh, 100%. But it all kind of works together, too. Yep, for sure. And it kind of... I mean, definitely follows a pattern. I love it, man. That was a that was a very fun one. And again, if you don't uh, know by now, we have other places you can find us. I know you're looking to find us elsewhere, and you can. CultureBot family of content is extensive, but the best place to find all of us is at the CultureBot Discord server. Between CultureBot Selects, Hunting Pixels, and now this podcast, your favorite one, the Bop. All of us collectively gather in that server to converse and have a good time, and you can find these playlists inside of the BOP uh, channel every every week or so whenever we put these episodes out, you know, because we're consistent. Um, but outside of that, I know what you want. You want the socials. So you can find Jeff on Instagram at jcrto, that is J. S-Z-Y-A-R-T-O and on YouTube at Jeffrey Ciarto. You can, you can find me on Instagram at OMDizzy, on Twitter at OMDizzyTV, on YouTube at OMDizzy and at Twitch at OMDizzy as well. Outside of the BOP, we have Hunting Pixels, your home of all video game related content, and Culture Bop selects your deep dive into specific bits of media including movies, games, music, and more. That was a good episode. We, we finished... Just over the two-hour mark. Yeah. So, had a lot to talk about. It has been a while. Solid. So we got to catch up a little bit. And then we're just diving back into it. Next week, what did we What did we decide next week's, or the next show's topic was? Give everyone a little uh, snippet into that. Let's see. We chose... Mm-hmm. Oh, that's music in our everyday lives. Yeah. This, that one so should be fun. We'll like this should be kind of yeah, we'll, good, like complimentary album to this. Yeah, that actually will you know coalesce quite well. So we'll talk about that, deliberate about what that topic will entail, and we'll get back to you guys soon enough with another episode of the Bop Hunting Pixels crossovers coming eventually. But like I said, in the last few episodes, getting four people together in a room at one time it's hard enough with me and jeff because i have a really fucky life sometimes <laughs> well you don't want to put me in a room with joshua mcmullen i got some things to say to that guy yeah yeah so, other than you're a great Flair. boss yeah allegedly allegedly great <laughs> boss oh god okay well until next time guys thank you all for listening and we will see you later